Riverside. We are indeed powered by Riverside. We are also found on anchor.fm slash fourth and one. Follow us on Insta at fourth and one podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning in. This is not the 10 minute sports report, but I am your host, Captain Boring. Beside me is the man, the myth, and the legend himself, not CFP insider (laughs) Roberto. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Roberto, back from Florida. Thank you for being here. I have a clapping one, but I don't know. Oh, here it is. That's for Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, let's just g- g- jump right in. Uh, the dumbest man on the podcast, um, Admiral, you like that? AKA, he has them all written down here. AKA Beats by Dre. AKA, AKA, a, a white guy's white guy. Admiral, you like that? AKA self nicknamed. AKA Carpet Matches the Drapes. Um, so he's got them all just written down for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand carpet matches the drapes there. But, I mean, I get what he's getting at, but whatever. Let's just move on. So, Florida was hot. Um, yeah. And while you were in Florida, Florida became Tennessee's worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, that's – Gators got hot. Well, Tough Graham, to beat the Gators at home. Graham Mertz finally looked like COVID Graham Mertz, right? Yes. Now, you you called this. Uh, go listen to last week's episode, everyone. Again, 4th and 1 Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. We're also on YouTube, anchor.fm slash 4th and 1. Just go find us any way you can, anywhere you get your podcast. I have here, I, I wrote a note. Joe Milton left Michigan for a reason. He was not accurate at the crucial moments in that game, and that's what came back to bite them. Yeah, I mean, well, that game in general, from start to finish, was a Tennessee meltdown. Like, they got dismantled on offense, got dismantled on defense. Florida just, Florida looked like Florida State did when they played LSU. The well, they're both SEC teams, but I was about to say the SEC teams are kind of getting pushed around, but that's one SEC team to another. Uh, yeah, when they protected Graham Mertz, COVID Graham Mertz, who what his first ever career start missed one pass, five yeah. touchdowns, something like that. He he was unbelievable. Again, no fans. Now here we are traveling to transfers to Florida, and here we are. This kind of brings a whole new light into the rest of Florida for this year because now people are like, mm, okay. I'm taking the other route. I thought that Florida was always a bold team. I think that they are. I think that this – I just threw something across the room. I think that this win kind of solidifies them being a bold team, and I even have them over five and a half wins that FanDuel was predicting. Shout out to FanDuel. Please be our sponsor. Uh, I, I I was never a true believer in Tennessee. I really wasn't. I, I – I don't Michigan at the time Joe Milton was there was a quarterback starving. If Harbaugh when at the time they had no quarterback, no K I mean Cade was there, but he was a freshman. It was him and Milton. And clearly Milton is better than Cade. 
uh, you know, this is after Shea. The Shea experiment didn't work. If you can't beat out Cade McNamara, who is a.k.a. a white guy's white guy, a.k.a. Beat by, beats by Dre, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he, if he can't even do that, then you're really going to be that successful at Tennessee? I mean, um, I'll go to the defense of Cade. Okay, Because Cade, Cade, to me, was actually, like, a really good, safe quarterback. Like, Cade didn't mess up very often. Could he win the big games? Eh. Could he make the throws that, like, J.J. throws? No. But he was the very safe, sure-handed quarterback. He, uh... Well, speaking of Cade McNamara, Iowa scored 41 points this weekend against Western Michigan, and they have a date with Penn State coming up, which we'll get to. And we'll get to Penn State in just a second, and then they'll be part of our picks later on, and we'll get to them as previewing. Cade is—you're absolutely right. He will get the ball to where it goes, but he needs the team built around. He can't carry a team. He can direct and be air traffic controller, but he's not. He, he's not the master of carrying a big-time program. Now, he, it is a remarkable step up for Iowa, and he's doing what needs to be done at Iowa, which, was, which makes them a very dangerous team. Uh, but talent-wise, Joe Milton should absolutely just dwarf yeah. Kate McNamara. All right, so speaking of Iowa's opponent this week, we, by the way, we have six ranked matchups this weekend everybody get excited everybody get on their feet it's gonna be so much fun this will be one where i wish i had a bigger tv downstairs so that i could see i can have multi-view both games that would hurt my brain after a while but you know first word problems i digress right all right penn state's offense penn state played illinois they actually got away out of champagne with a pretty decisive win uh, I think they ended up winning 31-10, maybe. Was that the final score or something like that? Yeah, they they ended up pulling away towards the end of it. Okay. So, their offense, however, comma, was not particularly outstanding. I Illinois' defense had good success. It was really the five turnovers. 30-13 was the final. And I'm pulling it up now. It was really the five turnovers, the four interceptions thrown, and the one fumble lost that really did Illinois in. They had Illinois had 354 total yards. Penn State had 383. Passing, 276 to 219. Rushing, this is where they really got them, 164, only four yards of carry to Illinois' 2.7. Time of possession was only three-minute difference. Penalties, only one uh penalty called difference so robert i made no penn state's offense not as good as i thought is this growing period because then admiral you like that sent us a picture the fpi is predicting when michigan and penn state play a 64 percent chance that penn state takes michigan at home well uh, penn state's at home that is i mean i think penn state's kind of out of the growing period because they really don't have excuses on offense. I would expect more excuses for their defense because their defense is a little not newer, but it's not, they don't have as many of the same faces offense. I mean, I just think this is the first time they played a defense that, I mean, West Virginia's defense is it's West Virginia. 
there's a difference in defense between a Big 12 school and a Big 10 school. And Illinois usually has a pretty good defense, especially when you're playing at their place. Um, but, I mean, even running the ball, I think Illinois stopped them. They were inside the five twice, and they couldn't run the ball in, which, I mean, kudos to Illinois' defense because that's probably the best offense they've faced in a while. Or or, or will face all, all year. I mean, yeah. No one on the West defense really scares me. I, I expected more things from Wisconsin. Not getting that yet. Maybe as the season goes on. Again, I said growing period as in Drew Aller. This is his first season starting. I I feel like these college quarterbacks, you got to give them one full year to start. Unless if you got like a Joey B or, you know, the, Mark St- the one-offs who start that one year and are fantastic. Drew Aller... He's what? True sophomore? Redshirt sophomore? I want to say redshirt sophomore. Okay, so redshirt sophomore. Still very young. First game action because Grandpa Sean Clifford was there for nine seasons, right? So I, I, I feel like give it time. However, from how they looked against West Virginia, yes, granted West Virginia, and Delaware, yes, I understand Delaware. I just expected it to be more fluid, and I expected them to at least move the ball to be in between the twenties, right? That's how I yeah. think. That's how I grade offenses. Can you move the ball consistently in between the twenties? Then you're a consistent offense. You can't even move the ball in between the twenties in consistently. Then you're not really a good offense. And again, five turnovers. I understand Illinois. Got a good defense, and it was 11 a.m. kick, and it was sleepy, and I just expected more. Uh, let's speaking of expecting more sleepy kicks, Florida State went up to Boston College in a very emotional game, Red Bandana game. Please comment down below if you want more information on what is the Red Bandana game. And they were walking away with this. I turned the game off because here's what Florida State did through three quarters. Three points, so they were de- they were three points, 14 points, 14 points. That was through three quarters. Boston College through three quarters, seven points, three points, six points. That's 16 to 31. Game's over. Start of the fourth quarter then, Boston College scores 13 unanswered and has the ball driving... That doesn't. They score a touchdown. Then, then Florida State has the ball, fourth and one in their own territory. Eighteen penalties for 131 yards. They jump offside on a hard count that you knew was not being snapped. If you're Boston College, and they lose the game that way. Um, Florida State kind of kept them in it. My take on this is Florida State has now started slow three weeks in a row. First quarter, they were down four. LSU, they were trailing at halftime by 10. And then uh, the following, after the LSU game, week two, I think they played Grambling. No, that was LSU. Florida State played, again, a mid-major school, maybe Charleston Southern. It wasn't the blowout at halftime it should have been. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's... I guess my only concern is 
if they played the whole game slow and you squeak out, which they kind of did against Boston College. But, I mean, a win's a win. A win you're is gonna, a win. A win is You're going to have the ugly wins. You're going to have the wins that you shouldn't win, which we all know with Michigan last year against Illinois. Shouldn't have won that game, but we did. Um, you need games like that, though. You need the games where the pressure's on, it's put-up-or-shut-up time, and even though it's not against – it wasn't against LSU, it was not against, it's not against Georgia, it's against Boston College, which – it's a game that you're playing on the road and the other team has something that they really want to win for. So it, everything is working against you and they managed to pull out a win, which looks a lot better for, to me. So, but I wouldn't classify this game as a game that they, they won that they should have lost. Like I wouldn't because again they were just they were just up big. My big fear is, okay, you start slow and turn it on. Michigan did that a lot last year. Yes, it builds character, but this is also a Florida State team that historically, over the last decade, what I mean by historically, at at some point their mental fortitude just kind of falls off the edge of the cliff and it goes with it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely struggled with it last year, but I think they are looking at themselves as this year they're good enough that they can do this at least, well, maybe not this week with Clemson this week, but they're kind of in a position where starting slow they can work with because they know that at any moment they could turn up. Yeah, I, I it's risky. They got a- yeah, yeah, they got you know they got veterans all over the field. They got their quarterback veteran. They got Jared Verse, of course. Um, good off. I mean, their offensive line combined two hundred and twenty some starts along the offensive yeah. line. They, they're 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 a veteran team, so you would think that that now would be the time for them in the adversity. Boston College coming back, playing the Wells Red Bandana game that they don't flinch and they did it. Their opponent week one, you said. Loser of this game is going eight and four. Okay, you came in with a screaming hot take. Let me tell you something. LSU is going to be there at the end. LSU going to make the SEC title game. LSU going to have a great chance to beat Georgia. This is a new attitude. I think Brian Kelly's message at the end saying we got whipped, like like they were not ready for FSU week one. He will give everyone that, but now he feels like there's a new attitude. I understand it's Mississippi State installing a new offense. But since their loss, they've put up 41 points against an SEC defense. And they've put up 66 points against a, granted, a lower level school. But still, 66 points is a lot. Um, Jalen Daniels and Malik, is that his name? Malik, Malik Neighbors, they were just outstanding. In one half, Malik Neighbors had 10 receptions for 150 yards. He finished the game with 13 receptions for 239 and two touchdowns. Jaden Daniels, 
30 of 34, 361, two touchdowns. And then he also was the team's leading rusher. That's got to change in a hurry, though. 15 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, so what I what this segment is for is me just calling you wrong and then you responding. I mean, yeah, I will 100% respond for you. So when they the game against Florida State, that was a neutral site game, yeah? But that but it was like in Florida. Yeah, yeah, it was in Orlando. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they still have to go to Ole Miss. Oh, the old oh, no. Miss team that yeah. the old Miss team that just lost that just about lost to Tulane. You mean that that old Miss team? Yeah, but Tulane yeah. shouldn't yeah. surprise you though because Tulane also beat USC pretty handily last year. Then they, well, they also... shouldn't have surprised old Miss either, and they did. <laughs> but they also have to go to Alabama, and they're lucky okay. enough. Well, and they're lucky well, enough. Go ahead to get Florida at home. Okay, well that's not where I thought you were going. Let's just get into the fact they got to go to Alabama. Vaunted Alabama. Oh, my God. Alabama doesn't have a quarterback that can throw the ball consistently between 10 and 15 yards. Jayden, In the month of Jaylen, September? Correct. Jalen Milrow's getting the start this week against Old Miss, okay? Spoiler alert, pick's coming up. And I got and that's one of that's one of M-Dogs here, Captain Boring's picks, okay? But you're meaning to tell me that you're trying to claim that LSU and Alabama is going to be a tough game because Jalen Milrow's all of a sudden going to have to figure out how to throw the ball in the intermediate ranges. No, I'm just saying it's going to be a game because that's, that is one of the games where it's a rivalry. So you might as well take everything out of the one. How many times has it been Michigan and Ohio State and Ohio State has either been ranked one or Michigan has been ranked one or higher or in between there. And that game just ends up being a lot closer than, in all honesty, it really should be. Yeah, okay. I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you the rivalry aspects, 100%. Sorry, I'm trying to find the stats for this. Uh, here it is. Okay, the final score was 17-3. to They got a junk touchdown with like 20 seconds left. The final score really was 10-3. to here is what they did offensively. And if this is not pulling pulling the ripcord to, to eject you out of the Alabama plane and train, then I don't know what is. Ty Simpson, their true freshman five-star, 5 of 9, 73 yards, 8.1 yards completions, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Tyler Buckner, the sophomore transfer for Notre Dame, who supposedly knows this Tommy Reese offense from last year, 5 of 14, 34 yards, 2.4 yards a carry, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Here's my big thing. This offensive line that it was, I watched some of that game until the weather started, and then I kicked it over to another channel. The offensive line that is bigger, taller-wise by two inches, and poundage heavier on average than the average NFL offensive line on USF, ran the ball for four, 42 times for 203, 4.8 yards a carry, and scored 10 points. Come on. I, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was a great game by USF. Stop. But, stop but it. When it came down to brass tacks, who got the win? 
Of course Alabama got the win. You, you can play ugly games. For for all we know, Milrose could come out and he and he could play like Shadur Sanders or he could play like Michael Penix. Stop. Neither one of those things are happening and you know it. But it but it's the aspect on it could because I can't even remember the uh, Alabama's coach. He's been there forever now. What's his name? Saban. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Couldn't even remember Nick Saban. Darn it. Like, playing against Nick Saban is like playing in the NFL against Bill Belichick. The guy has all the problems in the world, but somehow, somehow he figures it out. Yeah, somehow he's figured how. out how to start 0-2 this year. Yeah, yeah. That Bill Belichick? Yeah. That guy? Yeah. Who's got that figured out? Listen, when he had Tom Brady, though. Oh, yeah, sure. So Jalen Milrose, totally Tom Brady, huh? No, he's more like a knockoff Mac Jones, but. <laughs> all right. Speaking of knockoff Mac Jones and not at all, uh, let's jump over to, well, let's just jump over to Texas. Texas tied at 10 in the fourth quarter with Wyoming. Uh, everyone thought that this was going to be a Texas blowout. Everyone was thought this was going to be a Texas blowout. Listen, we both recognize there is a Alabama hangover both the week before and the week after. And Texas just, I'm trying to, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find this. Here it is. So the final score was 10, 31 to 10. Again, it was tied at 10 going into the fourth quarter. Quinn Ewers did end up with a, half-decent game. They only threw the ball 21 times. He completed 11 for two touchdowns. They ran the ball 31 times for a buck 85. You have been on this podcast, and you said hangover both before and after. Is that all that this was, or is this Texas getting up for the big games, and then when Texas Tech comes calling in a few weeks, they'll lay down for Texas Tech? I think it's a combination of both things. Um because there is that hangover. You look at Texas A&M, it happens to them every time they play them. But it's also the most Texas thing to do. Like, we've watched Texas for the past, like, how many years? And you have Texas who, you know, they'll go and they will put a beat down on Oklahoma. They'll put a beat down on some team that's ranked, and then they get thrown in to play Kansas. And it's a field goal game where Kansas wins. And it's like, just when you think Texas is back, they really aren't because they play the good teams tough, but they play the teams that they should be like they're on their level. All right. So so I'm going to make you make a prediction this year. We're back. True or false? That was the question. Are they? We're back. So how do we want to define his back? Do we want to say undefeated is back? Like, no. do we want to say playoff? Playoff. I don't think they make the playoff. Okay. I um, I think they I, they got to play but, at Iowa State in November. That's a game that. Iowa State that, plays really well for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, if Iowa State can score more than three points. I mean, if Texas plays slow, you know. Texas Texas's can, strength is throwing the ball. I, I No, I understand that. I'm just playing That's devil's what, advocate here. I, well, I, yeah. I believe Iowa State 
lost to Ohio 10 to 3. Like Texas yeah, could literally walk in that on game, that though, too. Texas could literally walk on that field against Iowa State and put up 6 points. Yeah, they could. But it's it's the matter of the fact that it's Texas. Cuz the very historical thing to, for Texas to do is walk into Houston, play them soft and lose or walk into Iowa State and lose or play Texas Tech on what, uh, Thanksgiving or Black Friday and lose that game. But, I mean, the big test is going to be Oklahoma. You know, can they beat Oklahoma? Wow. I didn't, um, completely uh, just segueing. I'm just going to segue off of that. Yes, you are correct. Oklahoma, by the way, Oklahoma's offense – Second best offense you've seen this year to this point. So at least consistent wise, yeah. Oh my goodness, they, they are on fire. I didn't realize Nebraska won. Nebraska beat Northern Illinois thirty-five eleven. Harburg, Henry Henrik Harburg threw two touchdowns and ran for another in his first career start. Um, as Matt Rule gets his first win, I mean they they kind of dominated. Uh, Northern Illinois. So good for Matt Rule here. Let's give him the claps if I can find it. Clapping is the mm. first one. Yay, Matt Rule. All right. So that was sarcastic, of course. So Ohio State's offense puts up 66 points against Western Kentucky. Marvin Harrison does Marvin Harrison three. I'm sorry, 63 points against Western Kentucky. Uh, let's just look at this box score real quick. The note I have is Ohio State's offense is just fine. Kyle McCord, 19-23, 3 three touchdowns. Travia, they ran as a team for 6.2 yards a carry for 204. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., the man, the myth, the absolute legend. Five catches, a buck 26, and a tutty. That is 25.2 yards a touch. Uh, Mecca Buka only caught the ball four times, but two of them were for touchdowns. Ohio State's offense was just bound to click, yeah, and at the right time, going into South Bend. Yeah, I mean, it never hurts to play a bad team before a really good team because I think the part that hurt Ohio State the most was the fact that they had to start their season on the road against Indiana. And okay, it's Indiana, understandably, but you're still playing them at home. It's the first game, so for them to only put 23 and not look like the Ohio State team, especially with a new quarterback, it's understandable. And then for their next two games, they score 35 and then 63. I mean, now they have everything clicking. So that makes the game at Notre Dame. It should be a very high scoring game in my opinion, because I don't know if Ohio state can stop the run because we're going to find out because Notre Dame loves to run the ball and we're going to see how good Sam Hartman really is. And we're going to see how good Ohio state is. So that's why I love these ranked on ranks, as you said right there, because we get to see how good all of these teams are officially. Um, Sam Hartman, where where did that go? There it is. Sam Hartman wins this game, looks impressive doing it, right? Or at least doesn't fumble the bag. Immediately insert 
him into the Heisman conversation. Um, Edric, I, I is that Edric Estime? Is that yeah. his name? Yeah, Estime. If he goes for a buck sixty, I mean, he's got to be one of the nation's leading rushers right now. Insert him into the Heisman. Uh, he is the nation's leading rusher at 521 yards. So just this is a big test, both teams. Notre Dame plays good defense, but ha- do they actually? Because who have they played to this point? Uh, yeah, I- I'm going to love it. It's in South Bend. There are going to be a ton of Ohio State fans there. We're going to get into this in just a minute. Uh, what I want to get to is I want to go a little bit north there of the horseshoe and talk about what happened Saturday night in the big house against Bowling Green. Michigan unveiled their new, well, their new scoreboards were already unveiled, but really they put them on display and they put their new LED lights, which they were able to do light shows after the touchdowns. They didn't score as many touchdowns as I thought that they were to be able to do it all up super big, but... The big story of this game is in his last one, two, so last night, two before that. So in his last five games, J.J. McCarthy has thrown eight interceptions, and they've been in the biggest games. He had one that kept Purdue in the game in the Big Ten Championship game. He had three against TCU. I'm sorry, I I cut him one short. Um, he had seven. And then he had three last night against Bowling Green. What can, I'll give him the first one because the defensive back hid behind the tight end. Okay, he literally was playing hide-and-go-seek with a tree, and he won. I'll give him that one because that was very clever. The one that he threw on the double post to Cornelius Johnson should have had more, way more air under it, and it should have gone to Roman Wilson at the front pylon on the opposite side of the field for a touchdown. And then the third one's inexcusable. Rolling out, they got pressure on you. It's second and five. You already won first down. You're moving the ball with ease in between the 20s, so I know you got a consistent offense. You already won the play just by escaping the sack rolling out to his left, and then he just throws. It almost looks like, and this didn't happen, the ball got tipped, and so it stayed inbounds. But that didn't happen. Scale of 1 to 10, panic-wise, that Michigan fans should be for, let's be honest, Big Ten aspiration, college football playoff, national championship. They kind of all go together. Scale of 1 to 10, panic-wise. I would say probably I'm at, I'm at a four. And the reason I'm at a four is because you, you never want to see your quarterback make the mistakes that he's making because the mistakes he's making, it's not other than the one, it's not the defense making great plays. Like he's just throwing the ball bad. Like every he makes really good decisions, but when he makes the bad decisions, man, are they bad. And he's doing it against teams that we shouldn't even be doing that against. Like, so I'm not overly concerned because it's not like he was doing it at the end of the year where we shouldn't be making mistakes at all. And we're still making them in the beginning. So there's still time to grow. 
And I'm not too, too concerned yet because he gets Harbaugh back. And I know Harbaugh's not going to let that fly. My big thing, my big concern, I'm actually really, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm flabbergasted that you are only at a four. I really am. Because your panic meter normally with Michigan starts off like a three where mine starts at zero, right? But you start at three. You've been kind of embedded into this. Uh, you've been vested a little more in college football uh, than I have. I, I, I would say my panic's are three. Again, reasons you gave. Get Harbaugh back. Um, get uh, beginning of the season. Interceptions two and three he was forcing and that is a very sitting in the film room with Sharon Moore what are you doing take the easy take the easier throw my big thing is he has no touch so now I'm looking at this as an NFL scout he can't put loft on the ball and when he does he misses his downfield accuracy isn't great. Even if he lofts that ball up to Cornelius Johnson, it probably lands in the back of the end zone to where Cornelius can at least run under it and make a play. This was a line dr- Granted, the arm strength is fantastic. I mean, the arm strength is one of the best in college football. It was a laser 50 yards downfield, but it was a laser 50 yards downfield in a, the trailing corner had to turn around and catch it. Uh so that's my big problem with it. Play Rutgers this week. Is Michigan Rutgers one of your picks? No. Okay. So let's just talk about this real quick. Great test. Rutgers 3-0. and Their defense is, and this is Iowa, basically. Can't turn the ball over. Got to play good run defense. And you got to be able to move the ball consistently in between the 20s. And if your run game isn't working, which I know Harbaugh is going to want to get back to a little bit without, with how special Corm's been early on in the season in the little doses we've seen of him, then you got to be able to short throw short passes. If J.J. throws two, two or more interceptions, this is the panic for me goes from a three to a nine because they're not winning the Big Ten with this. If he right. controls the game, they win They win the line of scrimmage. They don't turn the ball over. They had a muff kickoff on Saturday night. If they calm down and play their game, I'm good. But this is a good test against a solid Rutgers squad. squad. And because of that, I'm thinking Michigan gets got this weekend. And Rutgers not only covers, this is not one of my official picks, Rutgers not only covers, but they win the game. Rutgers this year, I mean, they've beaten three talented teams. I'll say talented. Virginia Tech, Temple, okay, two talented teams. Virginia Tech, Temple, and then they also beat Northwestern. But, I mean, it's it's not like they're just demolished. I mean, okay, 36 and 35 they scored on, the, on Temple and Virginia Tech. And they've been doing it through the run game. Michigan, historically, is a very good rush defense. If they can throw the ball against Michigan, that's Michigan's weakest point because we, for some reason, never have corners that are healthy. 
Yeah, never, there, never. There's always one of them is out with something, and Michigan very well could lose this game because, I mean, Corum really hasn't been impressive. There have been glimpses, but again, he was running the ball 25, 30 times right. last year. So it was quantity, and eventually he'd pop one. Right. And, you know who really and, hasn't been impressive is Donovan Edwards. Yeah. I, you know, the big talk was the two of them on how good it was going to be. You know, they were, what they call themselves, lightning and lightning or something like yeah. that. Or And it's like, you know, that's all fine and dandy to talk, but... Edwards might as well have just stayed home because he's borderline not even there. Um, and, I, oh, go ahead. And JJ just needs to take care of the ball. If JJ can't take care of the ball and Quorum can't run and our defense can't stop the run, if we just play how we did against Bowling Green, there's a very high possibility we do lose this game. Donald Ben Edwards did have nine carries for 50 yards, 5.6 yards a carry. It was probably his best outing. Um, it, Michigan's offensive line has got to kind of assert their dominance. They've been very good in pass protection, especially off of play action. That's where J.J.'s at his best in play action. It was funny. I said after the second interception, I said, they need to get back to the, the play action. And that drive, it was play action, boom, 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 right down the field, and they scored a touchdown. So... Their defense, again, as you said, their corners are very susceptible to to, to the deep shot. And, and they'll just give up one or two, and, and you're hoping it doesn't come at advantageous times, but it always does. You know whose corners aren't susceptible to the deep shot? Well, at least in the second half of football games, that would be Georgia's corner. Georgia was tested. Okay, let's all uh, get that out of the way. Georgia was tested by South Carolina, trailing at halftime 14-3. to Maybe, and then they just absolutely turned it on. I'm trying to find it. ESPN never makes anything simple. Okay, they played before them. They played before them. Here they are. They ended up winning 24-14, to and they just came out and dominated the second half, played bully ball. Spencer Rattler was awesome in the first half, and then he was running for his life in the second half. Um so it should not be. He was also South Carolina's leading rusher. So Georgia's rush defense. Carson Beck, twenty-seven, thirty-five, two sixty-nine. No touchdowns, no interceptions. They ran the ball forty-four times for one ninety, and they just slowly weared on South Carolina. So let me ask you this: first time we've seen Georgia play a real team, quote unquote. Sorry, all the other teams they've played. Confidence level that they are making, winning the SEC championship game making the playoff and playing for national, you know, that's all kind of lumped in together. On a scale of 1 to 10, your confidence with the Bulldogs and Uga out of Georgia. I mean, my confidence is still a 10. Okay. Because so, so, he, that, they started off slow, which every team last weekend started slow. The difference yep. was is when they came out in that second half, that Georgia defense was ridiculous. Like the pressure that they were getting, like Spencer Rattler couldn't even barely hold on to the ball without getting hit. It, it, it was quite something, wasn't it? Like it was, it was, and Kirby didn't even yell. He just said a sports psychologist that he brought in caught him and he was going to go in there. He was going to rip him a new one. And I said, Oh, Georgia must have just gotten 
torn a new butthole at halftime. And the sports guy, and it came out, and there's a video of it. He said, don't go in and rip. They know. They know what they're doing. All you got to do is just take it one play at a time. Go in there, be motivational, say, guys, we need to play better. But don't be like, what are you bleeping, bleeping, bleep, 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 you know. They know already. And what did he do? He said, it's one play at a time. We're going to win the kickoff. Then we're going to win first down. And then if that doesn't result in first down, we're going to win second down. And then if that doesn't result in the first down, we're going to win, you know. And that was kind of the motto of the speech. So sports psychologists, bank one for them, one for them. All right. Who I think is going to need a big-time sports psychologist this weekend. But let's get into what ended up being a great game, even though it was... Okay, this is what I'm going to call Colorado. I'm going to call Colorado white trash. Because they're really fun to observe from afar. But you just know something bad's coming. The cops are showing up and shutting that party down. at. But they're fun to watch from the lot behind them, right? Like, Like, they're fun. Double overtime victory, 43-35. to 35. Colorado State had him on the ropes with a fourth and two in Colorado's territory. Decided to punt, back him up to the two-yard line. No, I did not watch the – stay up until three in the morning and watch the game. Um, so Colorado's 3-0, and oh, and they go to Eugene this weekend. Let's just mix it all in. First of all, Travis Hunter took a – let's call it what it is – cheap shot but everyone acting like it's the end of the world. So let's get comments on that first and then go from there. I don't know why everyone is acting like this doesn't happen. Like this is a very, for, is it is it a cheap shot? Absolutely. But it's not the first time that someone has been hit after the play. And, they, and we have to get off of this that Travis Hunter is this Heisman phenomenon. Because... he's not like, you know, yeah, he plays both sides of the balls. No, no receiving touchdowns, no rushing touchdowns, no offensive touchdowns. How how can you be a Heisman candidate or even talked about in the Heisman and you're not even scoring on defense? He has what? Two interceptions, three interceptions, which still great. You know, that's, doesn't he have, doesn't he have just the one? I, I'll look it up. whether he has one, two, or three, I mean, it's still, you know, that's great. You know, he's a corner. He should. But that's not Heisman material. Like, that's not just because you're playing both ways. You play for Colorado and you play for Dion doesn't make you this, like, great Heisman front runner. And him and Shadur are the two biggest ones that talk a lot of trash. But that's their game. And that, you know, that's how they play their game. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when someone hits you because you're talking that trash, you can't start crying foul. I mean, Shadur was trying to poke a guy in the eye. It, what do you get? You know, it's, it is what it is. Like, that's the kind of football that they're invested in. It's just, I, the, the, the crying foul, it, it's, there's no reason for it. You, you're wrong. You're not wrong. You're, you're annoyed with them playing the victim when they... This is going to sound so bad. When when they instigated it, right? Like, right. I, I, okay. They did not instigate it in the way that 
as in they went up and they were, you know, punching people. This was a high-heated game. Colorado State went in there with a bad attitude and a bad mindset, and they wanted to send a message, and they, they sent it. Okay, it was blatantly late. It was a personal foul. Not only did Travis Hunter draw the pass interference on the play, which he was playing receiver at the time, drew the pass interference. Then they got an additional 15 because of the late hit across the middle. It was called appropriately. LeBron James needs to stay off of Twitter or X and call for this kid's head. Uh, Dion thankfully came out and been like, we're moving on. This uh, The safety for Colorado State got a bunch of like death threats. He's like, stop yeah. with the death threats. It's football. It happens. Like, Dion's more on Robert's side than anything. And But Dion knows when you make as much noise as they're making, you are then, again, don't like the word, not very articulate, going to use it instigating these attacks. And, again, those are two very strong words that do not describe this situation or the Colorado. But you are provoking... That's a better provoking a response from the other team, right? Um, so I'm 100% with you. Now, let's get to this. They go and take on the number 10 Oregon Ducks this week. And boy, do they take them. It is in Eugene. It is a 21. I'm trying to find it. Here it is. It is a 21 point spread right now. Oregon's offense is probably the third best offense I've seen this year behind Washington, Michael Penix for Heisman, and Oklahoma. FPI gives Oregon 93.9% chance to win. Colorado's defense is just on this side of the tracks of absolute garbage. Everything is screaming that this is a 24-point easy walk away or as long as Oregon shows up in the right mindset which I think that they will because it's Colorado and Dion and they're provoking a response by being so loud come on what do you think you closer than 21 or not nah? uh this actually was one of my picks and okay I, then, then, then don't then don't give me one of these and then don't give me that okay. answer but comment on the game itself I mean I think I mean, it's, it's one of those games where we're going to find out who Colorado is. There it is. Okay. I like this. We're going to find out if, you know, is Shadur really a Heisman runner? Like, is he really, is he, is he going to throw for that 400? Like, is this that one of those Heisman moment games? Because this is what it, it needs to be. Yeah. Like this, this is the statement game to say, Hey, we're the real deal. We deserve to be what they're nineteen right now. We deserve to be a top twenty team. We deserve to be talked about. You know, it's not just all talk. You know, we are a very good football team. And even if they lose the game, if they keep it close, I think they can still keep that momentum going. But if Oregon comes out and just shellacks them by four touchdowns, it's it, okay. So it so. They're not as good reality. as what everyone is saying. Reality that. check. Reality yeah. check. Uh, again, it's the defense for me. I have no problem with Shadur getting the Heisman love and him throwing. that. The offense is real. Like, sometimes you can see fake offenses. Again, 
Michigan's test against Rutgers this week will tell me if their offense is real or if it's fake. You know, like, what do you do against an opponent that takes away what you want to do most and makes you into a sit-in-the-pocket passer and tread me? So far, Shadur's done that. But when he's trailing by 7, 14, 21, and, and Oregon is just going up and down, can he keep pace consistently? TCU, bad defense. Nebraska, no offense. Colorado State, bad offense and bad defense at times. This is the first offense I think that's going to run with them too. Because Colorado has that very fast-paced offensive movement. Yeah. And I don't think Colorado State or TCU or Nebraska really has that fast-paced go, go, go. Or Oregon, I think, likes to – they just run. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a track meet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is a 100-meter dash. Also, Colorado can't run the ball. It's literally giving it to their running back and running the – they can't do it. They um, – hold on. They are averaging on the ground this season. Dylan Edwards has 25 carries for 136 yards in three games. They are averaging on the ground 61 rushing yards. They can't run the football. Now, they're averaging 418 through the air because that's what they have to do. All right. So let's kind of go through just very quick previews. I want to get to this, um, and then we'll get to our picks. So I just want to alert people of what happened. You got Michigan Rutgers at noon. We've talked about that. Um, This is the big test. Michigan 24-point favorite. I think Rutgers covers. I think Rutgers gets Michigan. It just happened. Second Second longest home winning streak in the nation Michigan has. It gets got. It's fine. I think that's actually good for them. It says, hey. Wake up. Let's go. We got we got to beat Penn State. We got to wake up. We got to go. Okay. Florida State and Clemson. End of a dynasty? And I mean, this would officially put nail in coffin with the Dabo dynasty. Yes or no? Florida State, Clemson. Florida State starting slow. You start slow in Death Valley. You get got. If it's a big Florida State win, yeah. If Florida's, If Clemson keeps it within a field goal... I think there's still a little magic that gets left around, but if Florida State wins by 10, 14, 21, I think that's the nail in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a prediction. Nail and coffin or nah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, all right. Nail and coffin. Uh, Auburn, by the way, is 3-0 and walking into College Station at a 10 a.m. local kick um, to play the Aggies. I don't want. I don't care about this. This will be. You will turn on the game and it'll be like sixteen, thirteen, or something like that. Okay, this is one of them noon SEC games. Um, but Auburn three and zero, something to pay attention to in that SEC West. Okay, Oregon, Colorado. We talked about. We'll get your picks on it in a little bit. I do not have a pick, so let me uh, just say this. I think this is an Oregon by four touchdowns, or a three touchdowns and a field goal. Um, it's the again. It's the defense for me. I have no problem seeing that Colorado's keeping pace, but at some point, Oregon, that's averaging over 200 yards on the ground, is just going to average over 200 yards on the ground, and you just can't keep up when you're go go going, and they're just running the ball down your throat 14 straight times. Okay. All right, Old Miss, Alabama. You picking this game or nah? Nah. All right. So I am. So this will be one of my picks. So I won't get into it. 
This is Lane Kiffin show up time. Lane Kiffin messed around end of last season, lost four out of five, including one where it was an eight-point game in the fourth quarter to Bama at home because he was flirting with Auburn, flirting with his mistress over there in Alabama, and then he decided to stay home and stay married to his wife at Old Miss. Okay, uh, not actually. I'm talking schools, not actual women here for every, all those wondering. Bama's got no quarterback. Old Miss has three quarterbacks that's better than one Bama quarterback. They love to run the ball. However, Keyshawn Johnson, Jugkins, excuse me, not been going off. So I want your prediction. It's Alabama minus six and a half. Old Miss. Old Miss. I think Old Miss gets them. Yeah. You you think Old Miss wins the game outright? Yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um. This is what I want from this segment. Any else thing to add to that? Is it's it's Ole Miss's time to shine. They okay. It's either now or never. All right, I hundred percent agree. Like it's gonna be now or never. All right, sneaky game. People did not realize true freshman starting at UCLA for Chip Kelly. That's another go go offense taking on a Utah team at number eleven. That. Played really well, but really should have won by like 40 at home to Florida. Barely escaped Baylor. I think Cameron Rising, then they did win um, last week, whoever it was. I looked it up. Cameron Rising will not be announced whether he's good to go until 48 hours, if not before the game. So we're doing this on Thursday. By the time you hear this, maybe we have other news. Utah, UCLA, thoughts, predictions, if it's not one of your picks. Uh, you, I think UCLA is going to take this one. It's, whether they have camerizing or not, it's it's one of those you – can't, you can't just be as hesitant as what Utah is being. So UCLA has played Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and then Nickel or North Carolina Central. Their defense, in terms of yard allowed, both through the air and on the ground, mirrors Utah's defense, who has played Baylor, Florida, and Weber State. Take that what you will. Definitely two different levels of opponents there. However, UCLA is averaging 256 through the air and 270 on the ground. I want to take UCLA so bad, but Utah just Sticks it in the b-hole when you pick against him too many times for me to do that. So I'm saying clear. I am going to join the game. That's 3.30 on Fox. Again, six ranked matchups. We will take you through them all, little picks, and then we will get to our picks this week. One, a ranked matchup that absolutely no one is paying attention to is number 14, Oregon State, going on the road to the Palouse to number 21, Washington State, 7 o'clock on Fox. Oregon State is a three-point favorite. Washington State got done, beaten up on Wisconsin a few weeks ago. Thoughts on this game? Uh, Give me Washington State. Give me the Cougars. Seven point win. On the Palouse, I love it. 
Uh, the headline is, is it the Pac-2? It is the Pac-2 championship game when number 14 Oregon State visits number 21 Washington State. Absolutely love that. I love the fact that they are the last two and they are playing. And honestly, I hope that they, they got voting rights, if you don't know. They got voting rights back to the Pac-12. I love it. I hope that they're able to keep some semblance of it alive. And I hope down the road they're winning natties all the time and just giving the bird to these conferences that just took what was theirs and just ran away with it. And the cops stood by and did nothing. All right, last two here. Again, I will not make a prediction because it's in my pick section later. Number six, Ohio State going to number nine, Notre Dame in South Bend. We both commented a little bit, so maybe we won't spend too much time. This is this is a find out. This is a F around and find out game. Let's yeah. see who's got what. Is Kyle McCord actually good? Is the Ohio State offense actually good? Is the Notre Dame defense actually good? Is the Notre Dame offense actually good? Is Sam Hartman good? Is estimate good? Is Travion Henderson actually sucks? Yes, I can tell you right off the bat. Travion Henderson should rush for 900 yards a game and doesn't. Um, so, Notre Dame, Ohio State, what you got? Uh, Notre Dame by 14. Are you being serious or are you just... No, that's. I think Notre Dame is a more complete team than Ohio State, and I don't think Ohio State's going to be able to stop the run. Okay, that that kind of surprises me a little bit. And I'll, I'll I'll get in I'll get into just a tad bit more, um, and whether I echo those sentiments or not, by fourteen very surprises me. All right, last ranked game of the night. By the way. At 10.30 on Fox, it's USC and Arizona State. Yes or no? Are you staying up for that? That's a hard no. And that's a hard pass. Uh, California, Washington, uh, that would also be 10.30 ESPN. How about that? That, that uh, pique your fancy? Tickle your? Uh, actually, no. It's the game after that. Oh, the Kent State, Fresno State, 10.30? No, no, no. The one after that. Oh, you're talking the one right before the clock strikes midnight in Honolulu, Hawaii, <laughs> between New Mexico State and Hawaii. The one in three Rainbow Warriors. If this was the early 2000s, there would be some in very poor taste joke there about rainbows. Uh, three point favorites against New Mexico State. So you staying up for that one then? You know, I might just have to try. You might just have to not even, you're not even going to make it to <laughs> the kickoff of that game. Shut up. All right. So last game, 24 Iowa walking into a whiteout situation. They will not be intimidated. They got Eric Hall and Cade McNamara. They've been there before. Um, going to Penn State. They are a 15 point favorite. Again, another one of my picks we will get to hang in there. Everybody we will get to in just a minute. All the picks of the weekend. That number seems pretty high to me in an offense that I have questions mark about facing a defense that I don't have question mark. And then on the other side, Penn State defense and Iowa offense, this just seems like a muckabout game. Like it should be raining and there should be mud because it's Penn State. And every time the ball lands, it's six in the ground and nothing really happens offensively. 
Yeah. Uh, both teams' defenses are good. Both teams' offenses are question marks. It It's like your very prototypical Iowa-Penn State scenario. Dude, I, I, like, I love it so it, much. This is I Big Ten it. football. Like, Yeah, yeah, dude. It, it's Big Ten football. Exactly how you <laughs> just said that in the tone. That's what this is. This is Big Ten football. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, um, is this in your picks as well? Yeah. Iowa, Penn State. Okay, Iowa, Penn State. So, we won't get into that. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, let me mark this so I can clip it and add it to the scroll. Let's see if I got anything here. Um, there we go. The picks for week four of the college football season are here. Everyone is so thrilled. Everyone is ready. Everyone is anticipating, waiting on the edge of their seat. Evie is excited. She's making noise. Robert is ready to go. I'm ready to go. Fancy Trash Can sent us his picks. So he's ready to go. Here we go. Overall standings for the year. Micaiah, Captain Boring, is boring, but he's right. He sits at 6-3 and three after a 3-0 and oh week last week. Robert had a turbulent... Um, he was wrong about Alabama covering uh, by 30-something. He was wrong about... <laughs> Michigan State covering. That was a tough one, bud. That that was that game was over second yeah. they kicked off. Um, he sits at five and four, along with Admiral. You like that, aka white guy, white guy, or whatever it is. Uh, also at five and four. So here we go, Robert. Game one. Who you got? Cincinnati at plus fourteen. Cincinnati plus fourteen. Why are you taking them? At plus 14. Uh, I just think it's going to be a lot closer every game. I think it's going to be something where Oklahoma is going to be up 14 at the half. They're going to go. Cincinnati gets the ball, scores on that opening drive, and then it's just a back and forth the whole way, rest of the way, and then Oklahoma wins by 10. At 100%. Don't agree with that at all, but you know, know. that's that's what we do here. I know, I know. You, you got me one week. You went three and zero the one week. I know. And then I got you good. Did you listen to the crap we gave you last week? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. So, so your your rebound, you're coming, and and I know as soon as you go three and zero, I'm gonna hear it. You just better <laughs> hope I don't go three and zero either. All right, let's get to Admiral. You like that? Because we'll save the best for last. Ding. All right, Admiral. You like that? He's liked what he's seen for Florida State. I'm putting words in his mouth because he doesn't go in-depth at all. He just sees a number in a game, and he just picks it. But he likes the fact that Florida State is rocking and rolling. He likes the fact that they got their close game out of the way against BC, and he just thinks that the two-and-a-half they're getting in Death Valley on the road is just way too little. He is taking Florida State minus the two-and-a-half and he's over 500, so it, he, that could make you money, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you got a problem with that, Robert? No. No, because that was out of the five picks that I had, that was one of them. So Okay, all right, excellent. So um, when he does make a bad pick, it's only fair, because he is not part of the podcast, that we roast him. Okay, so when he makes a questionable pick here. All right, 
Uh, for me, first and foremost, let's just kick it off. Again, I am the hottest better in all the land right now. Outside of the, th the three picks I had everyone pick last week, I made four other picks. They all hit. I'm ridiculously hot. That means I'm going 0-3, so do everything I do not say. 14.5 points is way too much for Iowa to be getting, okay? Um, or I'm sorry, it's way too little for, I don't know how you want to work this. Iowa State is going to cover the 14 and a half points. This is a muckabout game in Happy Valley. This is a 10 to 21 game. This is a 17 13 game. This is a 24 21 game. I don't know if Iowa wins. I don't know if Cade McNamara is good enough to win because I don't know if Iowa's running game. But I know Iowa's going to be not have penalties. I know Iowa's going to play defense. And I know Iowa's going to punt the football and kick field goals at an extremely high level. So the 14 and a half that they're giving me, give them all. Give them all. When I saw that 14 and a half, you immediately got it. Uh, could be a mistake. Again, 3-0 and last week, 0-3. Robert, back to you. You just want me to elaborate on that or do you want my pick? Like new pick. Because, uh, no, 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 no. Because you're no, right. I'm, okay. All right. Well, then go, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Colorado plus 21. Okay. All righty. Um, so elaborate on that. Go ahead. Uh, still, I still think Colorado's going to lose. Uh, but I think it, they might only lose by 14 and or 17. Might only even be 20. But I still think they lose. I th Colorado's offense, I think, is going to keep them in it, kind of. Like, not competitively, but at least they might make it to where you still kind of keep the game on, like, just to check every now and then. But I still think Oregon wins, but Colorado covers. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Oregon wins, Colorado covers. Admiral, you like that. He is going just up the street from Ann Arbor to East Lansing, Michigan, where the 3-0 and Turpins take on the 2-1 and Michigan State. And after what Michael Penix just did to Michigan State last week, is Michael Penix for Heisman right now. We didn't talk about him because there was nothing to talk about. He dismantled them. He likes it. Talia Tagovailoa, to his younger brother, Spinning that bean, he's thrown for almost a thousand yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Not quite the rate that Michael Penix was, but they're getting seven and a half, and he thinks that that's not enough. He thinks that Michigan State, with the Mel Tucker impending firing, we didn't even talk about that. Go listen to uh, the Ten Minute Sports Report for that, more for more information on that. That it that Michigan State is just about to fall apart. That Michigan State is going to just fall off the edge of the cliff. And so he likes Maryland minus the seven and a half. Okay, Robert, feel free to just jump right in if there's uh, if you disagree or would you go back to the well, Michigan State well? Are you, you testing those waters again? Oh yeah, I would take Michigan State over Maryland. Interesting. Uh, I. They've just never played defense. They've never played defense under Mel Tucker. I just don't understand, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. The game of the weekend where college game day is being. That's where I'm going for pick number dose for me. Listen, we're going to this is a this is an F around and find out game for both squads. We've covered that. But here's my deal. 
I've liked what I've seen out of Notre Dame better than what I've seen out of Ohio State. And at some point, you go with your gut. Notre Dame, it was three and a half. It's now three. I'm still taking it. I think Notre Dame wins the game outright. I think it's not a 14-point game, as Robert said, but I think it is a close game. But I do think it's an Irish dub at home. Sam Hartman, he's 95 years old playing quarterback in college. They have the nation's leading rusher. I don't know what I'm getting from Ohio State's defense. And Ryan Day in big games is not exactly amazing. Is that fair to say? Oh, 100%. We're going to see what Ohio State is, which I don't think is really that much. Yeah. Well, again, we about to find out. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't have enough TVs in my house to watch all these games all at once. And I hate it. These are the, I love these weekends, but I hate these weekends. I'm supposed to be able to watch three 330 ranked matchups all at one time. It's just not doable. It's, I need bigger stuff. Hashtag first world problems. I'm just kidding. I am very grateful for everything I have in my life. Uh, okay, Robert, pick numero tres. Now, I like to do. Uh... Always for my third pick, I always want to do like an over-under. So okay. uh, the USC-Arizona State game, under okay. 62. Okay. Why? Uh, USC isn't going to run away with it, and it's going to be like 56 to 10. No, that's over. Like 56 to 7. Maybe lower than that. Because I'm still <laughs> over. But it'll be lower than 62. Okay, all right. Math math isn't my strong suit. Okay, 53 nothing. Or, yeah, 53 nothing, 56 nothing. Okay, there we go. 51-10, perfect. Hey, sometimes everyone just needs a little help. Listen, I have been money with my over-unders this year, and I have none uh, over-unders in my picks this week. But let's go to someone who does have over-unders, and it is... Admiral, you like that. White guy's white guy. UTSA in Tennessee over 58 and a half. Preseason, we said that 70 was not going to be high enough. Um, UTSA has had problems scoring, so I do not like this. And Tennessee actually does have a pass rush. Except for the second quarter where Florida scored four touchdowns on four drives. Tennessee shut them down first quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. It was just that one quarter, and they had a pass rush. I think UTSA um, doesn't score as much as I thought that they were. I don't know why. I think Tennessee's score is, again, this is Adam Moore, you like that? He thinks Tennessee is going to score 35, and then he thinks UTSA is going to score like 24. Um that would be fifty, the fifty-nine for those of the, you that can do math, not Robert. Not me. Um, <laughs> hey, you're here, right? You're, you're still here. Uh, but anyway, he thinks UTSA uh, is going to score. My guess is is that he does actually end up hitting this over, but it's because Tennessee scores six fifty-six, and then UTSA scores seven or something like that. But we shall see. And the final game from. Captain Boring himself takes you to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where one team has a quarterback, three of them actually, and the other team has maybe one. We're not sure. An offensive line that's not getting home. Lane Kiffin 
will dial up plays. I believe in the Alabama defense. I do not believe in their offense. I do not believe in the Old Miss defense, but I do believe in their offense. So I'm going with the offense that I know. It's a seven-point game, and I don't know why. I'm taking Old Miss plus the seven because Jalen Milrow can't throw the ball farther than 10 yards, in between 10 and 20 yards consistently, and that's what really makes college offenses go. Give me Jackson Dart, Keish Quinshawn Junk Judkins, Lane Kiffin on the road. It's now or never. I don't know if they win just because Nick Saban always finds a way to beat his assistants, except for three of them. Give me Old Miss plus all the seven and the running rebels. It's a good pick. I like that pick. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Let's get out of here, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Enjoy your college football Saturday. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. For not CFP Insider Roberto, I am Captain Boring. God bless you all. Peace out. <laughs>